Coming up on Locked on Dodgers, it was a rough weekend for the Dodgers, rough weekend for Will Smith, and a rough weekend for the umpires. We got a lot to say about the Dodgers losing two out of three to the Cubs, so let's get Locked on Dodgers. You are Locked on Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Dodger fans, this is Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember, this show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Or even better, go ahead and subscribe wherever you're watching or listening right now, and then you, you can become an everydayer just like we are. If this is your first time listening or watching, I am Jeff Snyder, my co-host Vince Semperio. We're doing a split episode today, so you got me for the first half, Vince for the second half. Vince and I are both lifelong Dodger fans just like you are. We've also both spent time covering the Dodgers in the press box and the locker room. So we're not quite insiders, but we bring you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Baseball GM. If you ever dreamed of being a, becoming an MLB GM and managing your own baseball franchise, then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimatebaseballgm.com or look it up in the app stores. Our listeners get 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code LOCKEDON in all caps in the game. All right. Uh, yeah. Dodgers lost two out of three to the Cubs. It was a crappy weekend. It was very little fun. The offense just didn't show up. Uh, offense scored a total of six runs, two runs in each game. Uh, the middle game, those two runs came on the last play of the game and they ended up being enough to win because the pitching only allowed one run. Uh, the pitching was very good again on Sunday. Uh, Julio Urias was a victim of very bad luck. He pitched very, very well. And uh, even with back-to-back homers that he allowed in the sixth inning, uh, he still only allowed three runs, two of them earned, and pitched plenty well to deserve a win. And he did not get that win because the offense didn't show up again. Unfortunately, he got a loss. And uh, the first game, less said about that, the better. It was also 3-2 to two until Andre Jackson came in tipping his pitches and giving up dingers, and they ended up losing 8-2. to two. You know, we, we could do a full episode on each of these games. It's, uh, I mean, that's what we usually do. Uh, but, you know, so, sometimes the less said, the better. Uh, but there's definitely some stuff to talk about. And the big news of the weekend was, unfortunately, Will Smith not being available all weekend, uh, and he won't be available for this next series against the Mets either because Will Smith is on the injured list with a concussion. Uh, concussion injured list is a minimum of seven days. With the, the retroactive date to the last time he played, he will be eligible to come off the injured list on Thursday. And we don't know if he will, but uh, assuming, you know, it, it's kind of weird. He He got hit in the face mask three different times, during the Dodgers game against the Giants on Wednesday. Uh, Giants? I think it was the Giants. I can't remember that far back now. Uh, he took several foul tips and was feeling some symptoms during the off day on Thursday. They actually put him through a concussion protocol test kind of thing, and he he passed. It didn't seem like he had a concussion, but the symptoms didn't go away. And so they, uh, you know, whether it's because they think he has a concussion that just didn't get diagnosed or just an abundance of caution. Either way, the end result is Will Smith can't play for a week or so. 
And uh, obviously doing what's best for his long-term health is absolutely the right idea. What we saw this weekend, though, is that the offense is a lot thinner. The offense was already thinner than we wanted it to be. Because of Gavin Lux's injury, uh, Miguel Rojas is an everyday player. Uh, when he's not playing, it's Chris Taylor, and both of those guys currently leave a lot to be desired. Chris Taylor did hit a home run on Sunday, and another one on, I think he hit one on uh, Friday also. Uh, he now has five hits this year, and four of them are home runs. And uh, you know, the rest of the time, he is not looking very good. And uh, it was, yeah, I mean, the losing Gavin Lux, where we were expecting some offense from shortstop, and now there's basically none. That that was already weaker. And then Austin Barnes has started off terribly. Uh, he did finally get his first hit of the season on Sunday. Uh, so he's now one for 19, I believe. And, uh, and, and so you have a situation with Will Smith out. You, you have Austin Barnes and Miguel Rojas or Chris Taylor in the lineup, sometimes both of them. If it's a left-handed pitcher, Chris Taylor starting in the outfield most of the time. He started shortstop on Sunday. Sometimes you have a lineup with Austin Barnes and Miguel Rojas and Chris Taylor in it, not to mention Trace Thompson. And it's a very hole-filled lineup. Whereas with a healthy Will Smith and healthy Gavin Lux, that leaves Miguel Rojas as a part-time player. It leaves Chris Taylor as a part-time player. It's... Yeah, it's definitely exposing some holes. And I'm wondering, obviously the Dodgers can't trade for a shortstop until there's somebody willing to trade their shortstop. And it's too early in the season for any team to really be interested in that. Uh, you know, we talked about Tim Anderson last week. Willie Adamas is obviously a, an attractive option, but the Brewers are playing really well. And, you know, it would be really nice to get some offense in that short tops, shortstop spot. Uh, but it doesn't seem like that's going to happen anytime soon. So the hope is that Miguel Rojas and or Chris Taylor start hitting. Uh, and, and that would be really nice to get some offense there. Getting Will Smith back, though, like not having him there in the middle of the lineup was definitely a noticeable lack, especially two of the uh, – actually the two games the Dodgers lost uh, were both started by left-handers for the Cubs. And the Dodgers – and that's when you have Trace Thompson and Chris Taylor in the lineup too – uh, it's funny, like Saturday's game was actually the Dodgers' worst game offensively of the three, uh, even though they scored two runs in each each game. Uh, you know, the that the one star by the right-hander, which they should have done better, but but still you have the, I don't know, it, it feels like a weak lineup, uh, or at least a relatively weak lineup against left-handed pitching. And this isn't a panic or anything. Uh, I do believe the Dodgers will get better. I don't know if I believe that Trace Thompson will start hitting left-handed pitching. I I don't think I believe that. I think Chris Taylor will start hitting better at least. I don't know if he'll ever get back to being a good hitter. I think Miguel Rojas uh, will hit better. I definitely think that Miguel Vargas, as he he started to look better on Sunday, as he recovers from you know that that thumb injury or pinky you know thumb uh, that most recently. Uh, that his swing has, and Joe and Oral even talked about it on the broadcast, his swing has looked kind of tentative, that his bat looks slow, and it looked less slow on Sunday, so maybe that's a good sign. Uh, obviously, James Outman is is going to, he's not going to hit the way he did the first week and a half of the season all season long, but I think he's going to be a consistent hitter. You know, there's going to, they're going to play better. They're not, this weekend, what we saw against the Cubs is not what they actually are. 
Uh, but it is who they sometimes are and, and it can be frustrating to watch. And so right now the Dodgers are right at 500. They are luckily nobody in the national league West is running or running away with anything. Nobody's playing super well. Uh, but the Dodgers need to pick up the pace. They need to find those bats and Mookie and Freddie aren't hitting. And that's one of the things that a silver lining, I guess, Mookie and Freddie are going to hit, uh, it, it would be really, really weird and coincidental if they both just suddenly forgot how to hit at the same time. I think they're going to hit, even though they're not currently hitting. And so that will help. Uh, getting Will Smith back will help. Uh, obviously, a lineup with a productive Mookie and Freddie and a healthy Will Smith as the top three guys in the lineup, it's going to be good. Uh, definitely a lot better than two runs a game like we saw this weekend. So I'm, I'm not hitting the panic button or anything, uh, but this was definitely not a super fun series to watch. Saturday night was really fun. The ninth inning when they scored, it it was, it was exhilarating. It was a great game. It was super exciting, super fun. And Sunday's ninth inning had the makings of that had potential for that. The Dodgers were down three to two uh, down by one run, just like they had been the night before had potential to have some of those late inning heroics. Vince predicted one of his predictions uh, when we did our bold predictions episode was a lot more walk-offs this year because games would be closer. And we had a chance for another one of those on Sunday. Unfortunately, the umpire, Sean Barber, I think it was, uh, had different ideas. So I'm going to come back in a minute. And unfortunately, I'm going to talk again about the fact that here in 2023, when we have the technology to get calls right, we instead insist on getting calls wrong. So thanks for making Locked On Dodger first listen every weekday morning. I will be back. And uh, please keep it Locked On Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by Ultimate Pro Baseball GM. It's one of the coolest games I've played in a long time. If you're like me, you've probably dreamed of being a major league general manager. You think you could be pretty good at it? Well, it turns out it's not all that easy, uh, but you can give it a shot by downloading and playing Pro Baseball GM immediately. This game allows you to manage every strategic aspect of a franchise. You get to do all the stuff. You get to make your roster. You get to... Uh, hire coaches, you get to do your draft, you get to deal with injuries, all the stuff that real general managers have to deal with, you deal with in this game. And it's all in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Baseball GM is completely completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. And you can play against your friends. You can do what we did. You can create a league of your friends and actually see, hey, friends, which one of us is the best general manager? We're doing that in a league with other Locked On MLB hosts. It's a lot of fun to trash talk your friends and see who earns the bragging rights. So check that out. And Locked On Dodgers listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probaseballgm.com, scan the code that's on your screen if you're watching on YouTube, or look it up in the app stores. That's probaseballgm.com. Ultimate Baseball GM, start your dynasty today. All right, I am back. I want to thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. If you're not an everydayer, become an everydayer. It's super fun, and there's just one easy step. Step one, listen or watch every day. It's so fun. Uh, We love talking Dodgers with you. We're here every weekday morning, and even when the series sucks, it's still – it beats not talking about the Dodgers, you know? That's one of the great things about baseball is even when – you have a lousy series. It's still the team you love. You know, we all, I I don't know. I I shouldn't say we all, I don't know how many of you grew up loving the Dodgers. Uh, I know Vince and I both did. Uh, I was born into a Dodger family. 
my dad was born and raised in LA and he was four years old when the Dodgers moved to LA and his family became a Dodger family. When once LA got a team, they were committed to that team. And, uh, yeah. And so I was born into that 20 years after the Dodgers moved to LA. Vince, uh, was another 14 years after that. And, uh, he's not quite as much a Dodger family. He, he does have uh, Dodger blood in his family. His mom's actually a Padre fan, but she has good qualities too. Uh, but yeah, so we were both born into do- loving the Dodgers. Uh, if you have a different experience, I'd love to hear from you uh, how you became a Dodger fan. If it was actually a conscious decision, uh, if you weren't born into it, you know, those are always interesting. Uh, but wh- whatever it is, we love talking Dodgers. It's fun to do and we hope you enjoy it and we'll be coming every day or with us. Something that's not fun to do is watch umpires make bad calls. And I, I I need to make two things clear right here. First, I'm not saying the umpires cost the Dodgers the game on Sunday. I don't know. Uh, and second, I'm not criticizing the umpire. I'm criticizing the system because umpires have been making bad calls on balls and strikes for 150 years. And they will continue to do it as long as we keep letting them make those calls. So why are we letting them make those calls? Balls and strikes are not a subjective matter. They're not a matter of opinion. They're defined in the rule book. And yet, in this game, and if you didn't watch, I'm going to tell you what happened. David Peralta, pinch hitting to lead off the ninth inning, struck out looking on a pitch that was out of the zone. Should have been ball three. Umpire called it strike three. Jason Hayward has a three and one count, looks at ball four, which the umpire calls strike two. And then he looks at ball five, which the umpire calls strike three. Then Mookie Betts gets on base. And then Freddie Freeman looks at uh, what should have been ball three, ball two or three, that the umpire calls strike three. All three outs in the bottom of the ninth inning were called strike threes, and all three of them were bad calls. It's like... I'm not saying the umpire cost the Dodgers game. I'm saying as a fan of baseball, I would have loved to watch what happened under the rules of baseball. If we played a game where if a pitch is in the strike zone, it's a strike. And if it's not in the strike zone and the batter doesn't swing, it's a ball. I don't think that's too much to ask for. And and I'm not saying all the calls went against the Dodgers. All the calls in that inning went against the Dodgers. There were bad calls earlier in the game. Uh, the umpire missed one really badly. With uh, I forget if it was Barnes or Vargas at the plate, but uh, what should have been strike three, and the umpire missed the call. Uh, it, it went both ways. But I want to watch baseball. I don't want to watch an umpire. And I know that he's not out there trying to get attention by making bad calls, but we have the technology. And I know Rick Monday likes to say that the, the robot umps aren't perfect. The computer is not perfect either. First of all, yeah, it is. You You don't understand the system, Rick. I'm sorry. Um, but they will, the, the system that they set up, uh, wasn't working. It wasn't the computer's fault. The computer is 100% accurate on if the pitch is in the zone that we have defined as a strike zone, it's going to call it a strike. Now, when they, they had some flaws in the minor leagues, as far as implementation and how they should define that strike zone, which, you know, that's easy to deal with. And the great thing about robot umps is you make those tweaks and it's just a programming question. It's, it takes five minutes on a 
on a keyboard instead of retraining umpires who've been doing it the same wrong way for 30 years. And so there is no reason not to be getting these calls correct. And Rob Manfred talks about, well, there's catchers who are good pitch framers and we don't want to eliminate an entire kind of player. You did the three batter minimum. You eliminated guys who left-handed relievers who only face one batter and you didn't think twice about it. And that rule sucked a lot more than robot umps do. There's a lot less heavy handed ways to deal with the, the pitching changes. And it didn't even solve the problem you wanted to solve which everybody knew it wasn't going, going to this, you know what? Catchers who frame well, I don't care about their jobs. I'm sorry, but I don't think, you know, and, and people will say when they're being disingenuous with you, well, framing isn't about stealing strikes. It's about presenting the ball well so the umpire can call it correctly. Great. Then we don't need those framers because the robots will call it correctly. And so we don't need good framing catchers. Those, they exist to make up for the deficiencies of the umpire. Now, if people are being honest with you, what they actually like is this guy's really good at getting pitches that are out of the strike zone called strikes. And that sucks. That's not fun. It's not a fun part of baseball. I like the battle between the pitcher and the hitter and the defense. I don't care if the catcher can trick the umpire. Go do a magic trick. Do Go do a card trick in between innings. If you want to, hey, you pull it quarter from behind the umpire's ear. Show them how good you are with your hands. I don't care. When they're playing baseball, I want the rules of baseball to be enforced according to the rule book, which is in the strike zone strike, out of the strike zone ball. It's not that hard. We have the technology. And I I know they're not going to implement robot umps in the middle of the season. And I think I'm willing to promise this is the last time I'm going to gripe about it. I know this is twice already in this young season. Maybe one more time this year, okay? I'll save it for a good time if it really drives me crazy. But this has been, I want you to know, I'm not talking about it every time it drives me crazy because it's been bad. It has been frustratingly bad. And in a game like this, that the Dodgers lose by one run and knowing for sure that the umpire took Jason Hayward off the bases and that he took the bat out of David Peralta and Freddie Freeman's hands, it definitely should have been, the Dodgers should have had at least two base runners in that inning. And when you're down by one run and you've got guys like David Peralta and Freddie Freeman and Max Muncy and JD Martinez, two runners on, there seems like a real good chance that you're going to have a good chance to score. And we'll never know. And that's the frustrating part. We will never know what Sunday, April 16th, 2023's game between the Dodgers and the Cubs would have looked like if it had been played under the rules of Major League Baseball. And that's what drives me crazy. All right, I'm done ranting about that. I'm done talking about anything for today, but Vince isn't because Vince still has, I said half, but it looks like I took up about 19 minutes. So Vince will do the last 11 or 12 minutes with you. But I th- I want to thank you. I love how many everydayers there are. I love when you reach out to us and uh, keep listening because Vince will be along in a minute. Today's episode is brought to you by So Rare. Our new sponsor, So Rare, is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players across all 30 MLB teams. Unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, So Rare managers truly own their fantasy experience, collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards. Win or lose, you still own your cards and there's no cost to play. Plus, the more you win, the more you advance, collect increasingly powerful cards and accessing next-level competitions and rewards. So we recently partnered with MLB All-Stars Juan Soto and Julio Rodriguez to serve as brand ambassadors, and both are featured in So Rare's current brand campaign 
and they are part of the Sober community throughout the season at MLB events. You'll see them. So they're in on the action. You should get in on the action. And uh, you can go check it out. Head to SoRare.com slash locked on. That's S-O-R-A-R-E.com to draft your team of free player cards. Set your lineup and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's SoRare.com slash locked on to start playing. Yo, 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 Dodger fans. Vince here to close out the episode and here to talk about one positive from the weekend, which was the bullpen. Um, well, bullpen not named Andre Jackson. Uh, more specifically, Andre Jackson had a rough go of it on Friday night. He came in in a one-run game in the eighth inning, and by the time the night was over, the Dodgers had lost 8-2. Andre Jackson allowed four home runs and five total runs on six hits and two innings pitched. Um, you know, Dave Roberts decided to bring in Andre Jackson in a one-run game in the eighth inning against the Cubs' middle of the order. Um, obviously, it didn't work out. And it, it what he said after the game was essentially not that he gave up on the game, but you know he didn't go with one of the better relievers because the offense hadn't got it going essentially, and you know he wanted to to get Jackson in there. Um, Obviously it didn't work out. I do believe the Dodgers aren't in the position to really do that. It's, it's not a matter. Well, we're going to talk about the positive of the bullpen. And and I I was going to say, you know, you don't know what the, what the regular bullpen would have done. They hadn't been, you know, that locked down so far this season, but yeah, it, it just wasn't, the greatest look uh, to, you know, see that the Dodgers had not given up, but didn't go with their best stuff uh, down one run. He said, Dave Roberts said the reason he went to Jackson in the eighth was because the Dodgers weren't hitting and he didn't want to burn a leverage reliever given the team plays the next 10 consecutive games, which is essentially putting it on the offense for, why he didn't get to use a leverage reliever. Like I said, not the greatest thing, but regardless, you know, whatever. Dodgers offense should have scored more runs, I guess. I don't know. But but we'll move on from that point. If you are upset with Dave Roberts, it is justified in this sense because take the wins when you can or take the chance out of win when you can. We saw what happened on Saturday night when the Dodgers were able to walk it off. We could have maybe seen what happened on Sunday when the Dodgers, uh, you know, could have had a chance, but the umpire was decided that today's opposite day and uh, balls are strikes. So, but regardless of all that, the rest of the bullpen was good over the weekend. Um, you know, it was a two. They allowed well. Dodgers pitching staff allowed one run total on Saturday, around three runs total on Sunday. Both of those came from starting pitchers. Michael Grove allowed one run and five and two thirds. Julio allowed the three runs in his five and two thirds. So the bullpen, Bruce Dark Gratterall threw a scoreless inning on Friday. And then he threw another scoreless inning uh, or score inning in a third on Sunday and got three of his four outs for strikeouts. So that's a good sign. And obviously the Cubs offensively probably aren't the best team, but hey, still, you, you got to get out 
who's in front of you. And the Dodgers have faced some offenses that weren't that great. And still, uh, the bullpen allowed some runs. You had Vessia throw a score this inning on Saturday. You had Yancey Almonte, Caleb Ferguson, Shelby Miller all put up zeros. Uh, and then yesterday you had Ferguson and, and Evan Phillips put up zeros. Phillips has now looked good in a few uh two or three appearances in a row now. So that's a good sign after he had given up those two home runs against the Giants. So, you know, between the starting pitching and everyone not named Andre Jackson, the Dodgers only allowed six runs in the three games. Julio allowed two, Michael Grove allowed one, and Syndergaard allowed, well, Syndergaard allowed three. Um, so, or Julio allowed three, Syndergaard allowed three, and Grove one. So seven runs, if your name was not Andre Jackson, allowed by the Dodgers pitching staff this weekend. You know, not bad. The bullpen is the more important part. We know the starting pitching is Julio's going to be good. You know, Kershaw is going to be solid and give you a chance. We know what we're going to get out of them, too. We know Syndergaard. We don't know what we're going to get yet, but, you know, he's had a couple positive starts and a couple not-so-positive starts. And then we've had Michael Grove, similar, a couple positive starts, a couple not-so-positive starts. And Dustin May, for the most part, has been probably – not the most consistent, but second most consistent behind Julio. But regardless, bullpen look good, look solid. Um, you know, this is what the Dodgers need in order to be able to succeed. Because like we saw, the bullpen keeping them in the game on Saturday is what allowed them to win via walk-off that night. Because if it had been, you know, I guess if it had been two, if they had allowed a one run and it was 2-0, but it's just when you're going into the final inning down one run, it's just a lot different ball game than if you're down two runs. Even if the Dodgers ended up scoring two runs in that ninth, it doesn't mean that that's what would have happened had they been down two runs going into the ninth. Where like would they still have scored the two runs? You can't say for sure. It's just a different mentality. Um, you know, it could go I guess both ways. When you're down two runs. One home run doesn't help you, so maybe guys aren't up there looking to necessarily hit a home run. Although, you know, I feel like that's overblown a little bit. I don't think I don't think there's any player, at least on the Dodgers and even in the big leagues, that's going up there with the intention of hitting a home run every time it comes to the plate. You know, that is a product of what happens. And some guys have swings that are meant to put the ball in the air, but it's not necessarily just for a home run. So, you know, when I hear people like, oh, the Dodgers, you know, they sell out for home runs or launch angle or all this other stuff. I mean, just say you don't understand what the philosophy is. The philosophy is to get the ball in the air because there's a better chance for you for it to be extra bases, for it to go over the wall, for, you know, someone not to get to it. Whereas a ground ball, you really only have like a few areas. Well, now with the shift, ground balls are a little different. But before with the shift, realistically, ground balls, if you didn't hit it to where they weren't, you weren't going to hit it, you know, and you're hitting it normal ground balls and your normal cadence, you're going to get out most of the time. And that's what we saw. And, and, you know, now ground balls have a little bit more room to find some, find some outfield grass, but it's still a different ball game. But regardless, you know, offense not quite there. Dodgers gave him a chance. Gave him a chance on Sunday again to, you know, make some magic happen. Didn't quite work out that last inning. I'm not going to bring that point up again, but had a chance. And and that's what, 
you know, like Jeff alluded to, that's why my prediction was the Dodgers were going to have, you know, 10 plus walk-offs this year is because the offense isn't quite there. And there's days where they have, you know, Will Smith is out and, and now, you know, Austin Barnes is playing every day and you have, you know, Miguel Rojas who hasn't quite figured out, hasn't looked like he did in the spring. And, you know, the runs were going to be hard to come by sometimes. And I knew the pitching, at least the starting pitching was going to be solid enough to keep them in games. If the bullpen can, you know, piggyback off that and limit the runs and the Dodgers have chances to win games late. And that's what we saw on Saturday. We had a chance to see it Sunday um, and then Friday, you know, had Roberts used a high leverage reliever. Most likely he doesn't allow a run. The Dodgers are only down one run and they had two chances to score one run that game because, you know, they would have the bottom of the eighth and the bottom of the ninth. So I don't know how often or, or if the thought process will change or how deep into the season the thought process will change where, you chase wins anytime you can and not, you know, not worry about we played 10 days in a row. Realistically, if Roberts was, you know, and that, and I guess in April, it's a little bit different. Let's just say this was like August, you know, realistically, you, you go with your best and, you know, Andre Jackson becomes the guy who either comes in when you don't have a lead or Andre Jackson becomes the guy option for a better, you know, leverage reliever if they do have some down the line or you know at some point when Alex Reyes comes back who was transferred to the 60-day IL in order to make room for Austin Wins who the Dodgers signed because uh Will Smith is out for a week Austin Wins was just let go by the Giants Dodgers picked him up uh but you know realistically Alex Reyes Daniel Hudson Jimmy Nelson if those three come back you're going to have at least one or two relievers potentially down in the minors, unless Bigford would have to not get claimed if he got DFA'd and then elect to go to the minors. But whatever the case, um, you would have some guys down there that have better leverage. So, you know, maybe it's a sense of it's early. Uh, it can be an answer right now. But I think at some point and earlier rather than later, the Dodgers may have to be chasing wins, especially if the division stays close like this and there's a chance for them to win the division. So, but either way, rest of the bullpen, not name on Jackson. Good job this weekend. Hopefully they can continue that and get back on track because, you know, some of those guys were getting a little not worried, just concern level was rising uh, probably, you know, one more, one or two more than it was before. So, that's going to be it for me. That's going to be it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen of the day every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. We'll talk about the game against the Mets. The Mets are in town. They called up one of their top prospects, Brett Beatty. Uh, they're playing all right. Francisco Lindor is playing very well, so hopefully the Dodgers can monitor and lock him down. Uh, but that's what's on tap for tomorrow's game. For tomorrow's episode, we're talking about the Mets game. And thank you for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen. Make sure to check us out wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Make sure to be coming every day or listen every day. Be part of that exclusive club. Um, you know, maybe there'll be benefits to being part of that exclusive club down the line. I'm not going to, you know, say for sure, but that's very possible with, with the way things go sometimes with us. Um, you can find us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Dodgers. Jeff is on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vince Samperio. DMs are open on all those accounts if you need to get a hold of us. 
can also get a hold of us via email, lockdowndodgers at gmail.com or via voicemail text at 323-863-5625. We're here every weekday morning and we hope you'll be with us when you get in your car or if you're at home. Search Smart Device Play Podcast, Lockdown Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one.